0: What does an ideal B2B digital marketing program look like? Today, we have a very special interview and a unique opportunity to have an x-ray look into the B2B digital marketing of a successful company on the next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach
1: podcast. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your, your digital, digital marketing, marketing, marketing coach. coach, helping you grow your business with digital first marketing one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach and this is Neil Schaefer.
0: Hey everybody, Neil Schaefer here. I am your digital marketing coach. Welcome to my podcast of the same name. Well, there are nonprofits, there are B2C brands, and there are B2B companies. And I want to make sure that I have enough content to satisfy all of your needs. My background is B2B, and that's why I'm really happy to have a true B2B marketing pro Uh, a friend, and also a member of my Digital First Mastermind community, Andrew Smith, joining me for this interview. Uh, The timing for this podcast episode is almost in sync with my previous episode, number 234, on the value of being a generalist. I think you'll get a sense when talking with Andrew that any modern digital marketing program needs to cover a lot of bases. And if he was only a specialist, in one niche, he would be one of the six people on his team instead of the leader of his team. So it was after I recorded that interview that I recorded my previous podcast episode, very, very fresh in mind. Well, with that in mind, I want you to really think about all the different bases you need to cover and all the different things that you need to do to have a successful B2B digital marketing program. And I would argue that the same concepts and tools and channels that Andrew talks about. For B2C, they might be different, but the idea and the way they're managed, the process should be the exact same. So regardless if you're B2B or not, listen in. There's gonna be a lot of great takeaways. So without further ado, here's my interview with Andrew Smith of Leap.
1: You're listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. This is Neil Schaefer. Andrew,
0: welcome to the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Thank you very much, Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to have you, my friend. We have known each other for, I want to say, almost a decade. Met through social media.
2: Yes. What's it, 20? Yes, it's got to be very close to that. You are about as long as a relationship in social media as I, as I have with my wife now. So, yes, that's how I gauge it. That's sort of scary. And we've uh, ran into each other, I know, at Social Media Marketing World.
0: And uh, yeah, having, obviously we're, we're live on Zoom right now, but haven't seen you in a while, but been from afar watching your career. You are one of my friends who's always been very, very heavily invested in B2B digital marketing for your career. And I thought it would just be a great opportunity to sort of share. You know, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. And I think that everybody listening can, can learn a lot and really compare notes as to what they're doing at their organization and find opportunities for growth. So thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. Sandy, first of all, tell us about sort of like your background and, and obviously leading up to where you are now.
2: Yes. So I had my own retail store, which unfortunately did not survive the, the downturn in 2008. I'd been sort of responsible for the marketing side of that, and, and digital was just coming sort of alive. We did a little bit of email, and we sort of got on Facebook, but nothing was really happening there for quite for, for a little while. But one of my customers took me on board to run digital marketing for his lawn care franchise. And so I did that for three years, and had some, some great success with that. Went to work for a B2B agency, then went sort of client-side for a little while, then went back to B2B, then went client-side. And now I'm back to uh, and now I'm back to B2B. So it's been a thirteen a thirteen year journey up to this point.
0: And where do you currently work, and what is your role there?
2: So I work for Leap. Uh, Leap is a subscription, cloud based uh, model for uh, contractors. We have a iOS app that essentially digitizes all of the. Uh, processes that home contractors use. And I am the senior marketing manager here. We have a team of, along with my along with my boss, the VP of marketing.
0: So you're, and we've discussed this previously in a phone call, but your target market then are contractors who can leverage your app to simplify their business.
2: Yes. Our target market is home remodeling contractors. So within that you have a lot of specific verticals, so you have roofers, ciders, home remodelers, concrete, basement, paveway people, painters. So all of those people have an individual process. So, for example, you know, a roofer will come to your property and, you know, we'll get on his ladder and climb up the roof and try and measure around, get down, get in his truck pull up his Excel spreadsheet and try and figure all that out, get into your house, pull out a bunch of books, and then sort of take a check and off. Whereas with Leap, you can access the app with a bunch of third-party integrations. So we have a bunch, for example, of satellite photo companies that will take a satellite image of the roof so it's pre-measured. You can preload all of your price books and guides, into the app you can offer financing sign it digitally and so you can essentially digitize this entire process in front of a customer and it a it speeds up the process quite considerably so instead of spending three to four hours on a sales call you can spend 45 minutes you can make sure that your prices are accurate that your products in stock that you're not selling under margin that you've got the correct measurements that you've signed the deal that you've got the money and it all ties back into whatever crm or technology you're using in the in the back office so it, it's a real it, it's a digitization of, of an existing process that you can customize it to your own uh, to your own situation so that's what leap does
0: very cool it sounds almost like a 23rd century solution how much you digitize <laughs> everything but the funny thing though is that your target customer, when we get down to marketing and, and who we're targeting, is from my perspective the most undigital person. I don't see roofers making well, there might be some roofers making TikToks. I know there's a f- famous plumber on YouTube as well, but in, in general, this demographic seems like a, a very, very hard demographic to target. So, with your B2B digital marketing, obviously starting with the target market, wh- how do you begin? to sort of, okay, we, we know this is our market, we know this is how we can help our customer. Where do you begin with that strategy?
2: So the strategy starts with uh, breaking those individual uh, verticals down to priorities for us. So primarily roofing, siding, windows are the are our main target market simply because they are much easier to measure. If you're doing, for example, a full kitchen remodel, there are so many elements within that that it becomes Slightly complicated, but for a roofer, yes, you are correct. If they have a smartphone and do email, they think they're digital. Uh, but they'll they'll sit in their truck and you know write on pen and paper with a cup of Dunkin' and and that's their process. But we we're digital, so it is it it it's trying to bridge that divide of what which parts of their process are they annoyed with enough that they would like to change? It's it's a big change to go from pen and paper and Excel, something you've done for twenty years. And built your business with to go do something which is entirely digital and dependent on an app. It's an emotional problem essentially. Am I gonna miss out on this? Everything's working fine. Why do I need to change? Technology is tough. I've used you know other pieces of technology that didn't deliver. So, you know, how is yours gonna do that? So it's the challenge. The challenge is is persuading the contractor that the other parts of his life which he uses digital technology, so you know, he's probably on his way to Dunkin' and ordered something on the Dunkin' app. He'll stop by and get his lunch, and then he'll go home and Uber out, or, you know, he will he'll use he or she will use a large variety of those apps. But translating that into their business process is the challenge that we face.
0: So where do you begin then from a, a marketing, I guess, channel-specific? You know your market. You've divided the verticals. You've prioritized the vertical roofing. You know, where to next? And then what would that messaging look like,
2: obviously? So, where do these people where do these people hang out? Facebook obviously is a is is a big source. Facebook groups are a big source of of communities mm-hmm. uh, that you can that you can access. So, we have a lot. For example, a lot of our employees will will be in those groups for under their own personal profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we get a lot of market information about what's happening down there. We go to a lot of now in-person events. We just got back from the top 500 modelers conference down in New in Orleans. So we meet these people face-to-face. We do a lot of paid PPC. We do a lot of email. We collect a lot of details for, for retargeting for people on our website. And so we... We use the channels of email, event, paid, as well as organic, social, to really, uh, to really find our market, as well as contact marketing in terms of webinars and, and thought leadership and educational pieces on our, on our site. So you've got a
0: lot of things going on there, a lot of moving pieces. How do you decide how much to invest in each one of
2: those moving pieces? We're very data driven here. Being sort of a tech company, we have a lot of data. We have a good tech stack. We have a bunch of developers that can develop things in house. So um, we have multiple dashboards that report multiple KPIs um, in terms of leads, quality of leads, how sales have have viewed those leads, what what sales reaction to those leads have been. So we track Everything from, from start to finish through the system. So we can see the journey. We can see the drop off points. And so we can, we can see what's working and what's not working. And, and slowly, you know, with the bandwidth we have, fix those individual little things. So if a quality of lead comes, it goes to sales. They, their metric is they're able to get the customer on the phone. So it's a real live lead. They're able to set a demonstration. Did the lead then actually turn up and did they, and did they close? So leads that come in from different channels close in different ways. So the leads that we focus on that close the best are obviously top of our mind in terms of how we deal with those people. So webinars, form fills on the website, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram leads, those that are sort of instantaneous, we we prioritize those. And then people that attend webinars or conferences that we add to our email list, we'll, we'll put them in specific categories and, and sort of email drips and, and see how far they progress. We have a scoring method that we use in Pardot, so activity across everything is tracked. Once you reach a certain point, then you you move on to the next bucket. And so, yeah, that's that's how we prioritize A, our activities, B, our content, and see and the quality of, of the leads that we're generating.
0: And when you have multiple sources of attribution, I'm assuming that's calculated as well, so that even if... They saw the Instagram ad, came to your website, filled out a form, ended up attending the webinar. That you know that every one of those channels had a touch point in that lead.
2: Yes, attribution across the entire journey is it, what, what using that particular pathway is. Uh, yes, if you if you've gone to Instagram, Facebook, the website, attended a webinar, filled out, then that, that's that's a long pathway of stuff. But it it indicates that. You know, it's not, it, nothing is linear. It's it, it's left, right, up, down. We have people that will be on our email list that haven't responded to anything for like a year, have never opened an email, but still there. And then boom, they'll open something, hop on a webinar. So it's, it, it, it's being at least in front of those people and keeping them at least engaged to the degree that they don't tell you to go away, that then when they're ready to pull that trigger, you're still front of mind enough that they are aware of you to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I love about what you're doing is you, you basically have all the bases. you're tracking, reporting. I'm curious how often when thinking about changing budgets, for instance, how often are you looking at that tracking those reports to make a decision as to we need to shift more here, less there? Is it like weekly, monthly, quarterly? I'm sure you're looking at the reports often, but when you make a decision, what is sort of the criteria?
2: Well, for example, we have let's take our PPC, for example, on on Facebook or on on Google. So we have a monthly budget based on our average our average cost of conversion for those. But we'll also try. You know, our, our sales targets are, are generally we're a startup growth company, so our targets are always going up. And it's not always a question of just doubling budget and throwing money at things. You've got to look at these things and and see how you can scale these efficiently. So. For example, I've just I've just finished a, a redo on the on our Facebook advertising, and you know we increased that budget by thirty three percent based on the fact that we can sustainably expect that that kind of ramp up to deliver a greater quantity of leads at a similar quality at roughly the same uh, the same. Artists. ROI. So we look at those. I, I look at everything weekly. We sit down and look at everything monthly in terms of, of, of what's of what's applicable. And of course, things pop up that uh, you know you some event comes up or you you win an award. They want to buy you a plaque for that. You're like, okay, we'll put some money into that. So yeah, we focus and track things very very directly. We're much more data driven than most organizations that I've worked for.
0: Yeah, and I think most successful B two B, well, most successful digital marketing is is data driven like that. I love the fact that when a channel performs well, it gets rewarded, right? With with additional investment, knowing that it's going to deliver, you know, it's going to be a more effective channel. I'm curious and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, how does management look at all this from their perspective? It's just one number and number of leads, amount of sales or do they get involved with deciding what channels to invest how much money in or what is their, you know, what is their role in all this? <laughs>
2: so the the targets for marketing are set are set by the ceo and and you know our vp is part of the executive suite so he's fully involved in that so our targets are are set out for the year uh, decided by month, and also split by the internal kpis so we have like six different varieties of leads and so we track those in a spreadsheet literally every day that gets updated with sort of a pacing towards the target so we can see where we are literally minute by minute. So yeah, those those are set. So we know what our targets are. We also know that a certain amount of activity in each of these individual channels produces activity that will generate leads. So for example, X amount of email or X amount of webinars on a particular topic will produce X amount of registrations, which will produce X amount of this. We're always looking for new sort of creative ways to do that, but we we try and optimize that are already working for us. So in terms of email, testing that to different groups, subject lines, click-through rates, images, all of those things, but within the stated goal of, yeah, this has to produce, so you know, this is our baseline of, of, of sort of quality.
0: But you have that baseline because you've done it, you've measured, and now you're basically basing everything on top of that. Correct. At the beginning, you didn't have a baseline. You got to start from somewhere, right? Right.
2: Right. We can we can literally say if we if we decided to like okay we're going to shut down webinars for two weeks, we can say well that's going to be like twenty five percent less in this category as an idea. So either we'd have to replace that, or um, we're we're not going to do that. So yes, being able to to know that what you do is going to produce a certain amount of is, is, is a good place to be rather than sort of doing something and not knowing what's going to happen. Right, Uh, right. (laughs) What about the verticals
0: is everything you do, regardless of vertical, do you reserve certain channels for certain verticals or is it just the choice of vertical is just going to depend on the channel and and how effective the past advertising has been?
2: well based on the data then we've categorized all of our verticals down into sort of tier one through sort of tier four so a lead that's in tier one is going to be treated a little more differently than leads following down because the data says that these leads will close a lot better and move through the funnel a lot better so so we prioritize those probably the top three verticals are roofing windows siding those are our sort of main bread and butter because the you know the app was designed by a by a roofer who didn't want to be on roofs anymore I was like there's got to be a better way of doing this so he literally sort of taught himself to code and built this app and so yeah that's 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 really we have a lot of history there so we know that producing those leads will will result in, in greater revenue than than something else so we focus on those um, in terms of in terms of content but we don't disregard everybody else Because we know that even if they're a a lower propensity, then X X amount equals X amount of revenue. You know, if you've got leads there, then the sales team has something to work with. If you don't have any leads, then obviously they've got nothing.
0: So do you sort of divide the budget up by those tiers to make sure that even that lower tier that's not responsible for a lot of sales, but yet a still market still gets five percent of the budget or ten percent of the budget. Is that sort of only in our PPC. So I'll focus
2: for example on roofing contractors or general contractors on on Google that are looking for specific software related to their vertical. So yes, the 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 tier ones or those keywords will get a great a greater budget amount than the lower the lower ones. Facebook is I, I, we divide that up by a little bit by verticals too, mm-hmm. uh, but those you know those those audiences are a little are, are less they, they don't change that much because there's only so many of these people within that so it's more about the quality of the content rather than the budget to reach those people since we have that covered so there's there's really no category that we're not in but it, it's creating the content for the vertical that's more important I think
0: gotcha and then within the the team of you know six that you manage so you know optimizing facebook ads optimizing image and copy and and you talked about the email subject line that's a lot of the work they do is performing these experiments to try to you know best optimize everything you do
2: yes so each of these you know every every webinar is its own campaign for example so it's like okay who who's the speaker what kind of audience are we trying to reach what content are we doing here are we doing you know two emails maybe doing three emails as a cadence when are we doing this have we looked at verticals webinars in this vertical before what's worked can we use that as a baseline and then test against something like that we found that you know for example that we used to create you know a a graphic and put that in the and put that in the email but a lot of our a lot of our email subscribers prefer much more of a sort of text-based email rather than the graphics so we cut the graphic out on you know a second email for that, and that produced a ten percent lift in in registrations on that, for example. So yes, we test these things constantly by by vertical and by and by content to in in or, or content in the individual channels. Yeah,
0: very cool. So you know, for everyone listening, you know, when Andrew and I had this similar conversation a few weeks ago when we were just getting back in touch with each other, you know, this to me is like the ideal. Type of marketing operation. It's completely data driven. You're constantly experimenting. You have all of your channels covered, and that's where you know, you know, email marketing automation check, pay per click check. You know, Facebook ads. I believe you're doing Instagram ads as well. I'm assuming that you're not doing LinkedIn ads because that's really not where your demographic is hanging out. Or are you also have you experimented with like LinkedIn ads and Twitter ads?
2: Yes, LinkedIn, we we will do more of that in 2022 for specific, probably sort of more enterprise level clients where we can reach those, the, those particular people. But sort of your average mom pop contractor is not really on LinkedIn. They're not on Twitter. They're on Facebook and Instagram. They're on email and they do a lot of searching and a lot of retargeting. So we, we do a lot of retargeting for those particular people. So yeah, it's, it's, I forgot the question. Where did you go with that? No, no, no. That's, that's no.
0: That's you know. In my mind, I have this checklist of all the potential channels, and you know, my thinking when we last talked that you basically had them all covered. There was one though that was missing, which was organic search.
2: Yes, yeah. When when I sort of when I came here and I was like, all right, what are we doing in you know this, this, and this? There was like, all right, yes, we have this, this, and this, and we're you know we're busy we're busy working that. So it it was more. You know, sometimes you arrive and there's no strategy in a company or there's bits and pieces, whereas this was, yes, there is a strategy and we need you to manage and optimize it to scale it rather than, and there are budget and people to do that. So that, you know, for a marketer, that's, you know, it's not like, okay, well, I've got to go out and get this and redo, change all this. And it was, it, it's there, with we need you to make it go faster, make it better and add improvements or, or things along the way that you, that you want to do as well. So uh, yes, LinkedIn. Going back to the, the organic, you know, the situation. Then we'll be doing, we'll be looking at a, a full website redesign for for twenty twenty two, which w- which will only enhance all of these individual platforms and the pathways that people use to find us that we don't fully have broken down to the degree that we should have. So that's that's on deck for for twenty twenty two. We're also introducing. We've been um, playing with some artificial intelligence on the leads when they come into into our tech stack and and giving them a number based on the data points within that lead generation data relative to leads that have come in and closed in the past hmm. so that when we hand them off to sales we can say okay this is you know this is a 0.8 is is likely to move forward and this is only a 0.6 so even within the vertical even if the 0.6 is you know top of the priority if it's only a 0.6 then Number two is a point eight. It's more likely to close than this is what you should be focusing on. So we're, we'll be doing some more refining on that for for next year, so that we can essentially hand over a lead to sales that is a qualified for them, and B, we can give them a a target data point for this is this is much more likely to close than than all of these. So focus your time on those.
0: Yeah, very cool. I mean, part of you know what you're able to do is because you have that budget and you have the the management team that understands that Uh, you've worked in a variety of of you know agencies and and you know and and customers in the past what would be your advice for the marketer that's listening to this that says i want to be like andrew i want to do what andrew does how should they go about trying to get that budget that investment in in marketing technology What, what would be your advice
2: I, like all of us, I mean, I've I've sort of landed at the uh, you know I've landed in the promised land of where everything is that you that you that you've wanted that you didn't have somewhere else or was or your bosses or your bosses' bosses didn't understand it or were like well this isn't worth it you know this this comes from sort of the top down here of yes this is what we need to achieve this is what we need to do. What do you need to do that Mm. and putting the time investment of resources and people into doing that, which is kind of rare. So I'm sure there are some marketers listening out there going, you lucky son of a gun, (laughs) Um, because you have what you need and you can actually perform your, your, your job in the way that you really should. You know, there's nothing there's nothing, you know, for a marketer more upsetting than not being able to do something that you're like, well, this would really work or we'd be really cool if we could do this so yeah start out small prove a little prove a prove a concept right if you're doing you know advertising or content marketing or email or any of the channels that you're not currently in that you need some budget for and try something you know small or free so you know get a get a small crm and do some some free email marketing and and see what happens with that before you decide to go and get like you know pardot or hubspot or something like that and and a lot of our smaller companies then yes they don't have the resources to you know a lot of our contractors don't have the the full marketing resources to do what you know what, what we do so i feel kind of fortunate, but I understand having, having been in all of those situations you've just described of, yes, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that, but I can't for whether it's financial, whether it's people, creative or, or other resources. So I, th- I think being in a, in a marketing organization that covers uh, much as it needs to, to deliver what they want you to do, then that, that, that's a really good place to be. Yeah. to I- execute
0: Yeah. And, but I also think, you know, agree a hundred percent on what you said. I I also think that having that data though, that at the beginning, in order to get budget, it's not like, well, we need to be on TikTok. Why? What's it going to deliver from business perspective? It's the fact that you've done these experiments, you have this data that says, Hey, if we invest this much, this is what we can get out of it. And I think that's really where everybody listening if you wanna get more budget for whatever you do, that's sort of what you need. That's the ammunition. That's how you convince people. And, and that's sort of the chicken and egg because in order to get that, yeah, you might need to do some 30-day free trials. You might need to spend some extra time. I'm also wondering, your management team, do they attend like marketing webinars and go to conferences, read marketing books, or were they just like natural? I always wonder if there's like this education aspect that marketers can sort of help their management better understand the potential.
2: Yeah, I mean, our CEO owns a home remodeling company, which is how we, this mm-hmm. is a spin-off company from that. One of his employees, one of his top sales guys was the guy that created this app and he believed in him enough to set up this company and be like, yeah, we can use this. So being involved in marketing from from that perspective, from the B2C side, then yes, he's, he's fully aware. of. It. And, you know, he just got back from a, a conference, he's always willing to jump on webinars the founder's always willing to jump on webinars, go on panels, go to partner meetings, so they fully understand and appreciate their both their investment of, of time and money into, in, into marketing so that you know it delivers the goals they're looking for. So having, having a management that's not only sort of willing to invest but also be part of it when you're looking for content, you're looking for, for expertise, for knowledge, then yes, they're they're always willing to jump on and, and do things. So that that side of the coin is is having them invested not just in marketing but with the other the other departments of the company too. The other flip side of being in a company where the culture is is very collaborative and productive, so that you know what you need in marketing from product or from sales or from customer success, you have those people and those relationships that are willing to help you uh, achieve what you want to do as, as as well as for the benefit of the company. So.
0: Very cool. You're you're living the dream right now. Very cool. So, you know, based on everything that you've talked about, you know, everything is is working great. You're making progress on on all these different channels. You mentioned you know LinkedIn ads, redesign of the website. Any other things that are coming in the future? New experiments or, or new things that you're going to do that you haven't been doing before?
2: I think next year we will focus a lot more. On, on video, I think both for advertising but also as, as content generation, we need to do it—you know—a much better job of telling our story. We need to do a much better job of having our customers tell their story. And so we'll be looking at, at and, and making much more specific content, user-generated content that, that focuses on the verticals that we are they're in and the success stories that, that that people have had. We're 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 almost sort of very data-driven to the degree that we don't have a lot of personality attached to. The sort of the marketing side of people and and so i think you know we're, we're, we're going to be a little more invested in, in in not so much features and benefits for the contractor as much as the the emotional side of why they should be doing the real reason why people do anything right it, it's not that you know you save three hours because you don't work in spreadsheet it's because you can take those three hours and go home and coach your kids softball team or do something like that we we're, we're giving you time what are you you know that that's the great thing for you so whatever you want to do with that time we're we're helping you do that and when we speak to people sort of one on one then they they appreciate that but we need to do a better job from from the marketing perspective of, of of putting that message out there to 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 other people so that they can see that
0: yeah i mean that's most b2b marketers have that issue that the the marketing tends to not be so humanized And it's sort of impossible to humanize it without including your customers. And I guess Leap is very unique in that it's B2B, but your customers in essence are entrepreneurs, right? Right. I'm sure each one of them have an emotional story to tell that can really build a connection with other entrepreneurs out there that also want to save time. So yeah, that, that, that sounds like it's going to be an awesome, I assume it's going to be, you know, organic social, as well as like a YouTube channel, as well as on your website, the whole bit with the videos.
2: Yes, and yes, the the social is also something we should we and we will focus a little more on next year. I know organic social is not a great thing, but in in terms of a, a full more defined strategy than the one we have, that that is something we will also be looking at. It's still a very important channel for us, and you know that's that's one thing we 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 will focus on a little more. But again, it's data driven mm-hmm. and you know, organic social doesn't in its own way generate leads. It's part of that ecosystem where people will will go to your Facebook page if they've heard about you. So yes, giving giving strategies for that is is something we need we're also look at for for next year. So within the same within the same sort of channels, but but improving what's on there, and saying okay, these these are the three things we can improve on and focus on with the time and the bandwidth we that isn't necessarily um, budget driven. Is more these the channels people are using. We need to optimize them better for for what they for what they see.
0: Awesome! Excited to see what twenty twenty two holds for Leap and for yourself as well. I hope our listeners really enjoy this. I always enjoy talking to Andrew because it's you, you sort of get a snapshot, like an X ray vision as to what your data driven b2b digital marketing should look like. And I think that all, all the things we covered here today give give you know should give you a really good sense and see what your organization uh, or yourself might be missing in your marketing. Uh, Andrew, where can
2: people find out more about Leap as well as uh, connect with you? On- you can connect with me on social at Andrew Smith That is my Facebook, my LinkedIn, my Instagram, and you can find out more about Leap at leap2digital.com. You know, I have never
0: asked you about that 1443. Is there a story? Between- uh, so it's my
2: name. Obviously, Andrew Smith. There are quite a few Andrew Smiths. And I used the last four digits of my cell phone number because Andrew Smith, like, I was like, well, you know, it was 592. I mean, why Why would I choose that? So I was like, well, I'll just go all the way up. And so when I set up my Gmail, 1443 was available because I know Andrew Smith had gone that far yet. So I was like, <laughs> uh, so yes. When I first started out, one of my good friends was like, you, you know, you've got to sort of brand yourself personally like that so I've used you know I've used my 1443 across all of my platforms so that people could find me so I'm, I'm stuck with my gmail and my phone number for the rest of my life
0: very cool yeah I, it's funny I have my name on every social platform except some that I'm a little bit late to join and so I'm thinking what do I you know if I can't get it do you do Neil F. Schaefer which is my middle initial do you add a number at the end so uh, it's good food for thought thank you my friend <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, appreciate the time and uh, we'll continue to keep in touch. All right, Neil. Thanks again for your time and for the group. Really appreciate it. All right, I, I hope you enjoyed the interview. It was almost like two friends at a bar geeking out over B2B marketing. But, you know, sometimes the best conversations happen in those moments. And in fact, this podcast in its very earliest conception was called Social Business Unplugged so that you're sort of a fly on the wall listening into these conversations. But i had had a part of my digital first mastermind community. I offer free 30-minute consultations every 90 days. So it was actually on that 90-day consult when I was talking with Andrew and going over his entire program that I realized that, wow, He basically has all the bases covered and the ones he doesn't have covered are on his radar and he has a process in place so that he knows how to invest, where to invest, and how to measure and optimize that over time. That data-driven approach is something I've talked about ever since Maximize Your Social way back in 2013, and it is the hallmark of any successful digital and social media marketing strategy and program that exists. So I hope you enjoyed that. Please make sure if you haven't, you click that or you hit or whatever you want to call it that subscribe button and make sure that you are, uh, you know kept a tune of all the content covered from here. I know that the publishing schedule has been a little bit wonky the last few months. I've been trying to uh, play catch up. Very soon, we're going to be back on that weekly schedule. But until then, don't be surprised if you see some weeks where I'm actually publishing two episodes because I do have my own objective of publishing X number of episodes this year. And I want to make sure I hit it and then we'll get back to our weekly cadence. So Thanks for hanging along with me on this journey. You know, it's funny, hopefully you learn a lot, but I also learn a lot, not just when I do interviews with folks like Andrew, but even in my own solo episodes, even talking like this, it provides me an educational experience. I learn more about my own business my own understanding myself so thank you for taking part in my education as well if you find any takeaways that you've used in your business i'd love to hear from you follow me and dm me on social at neil Schaefer. you can email me neil at neilshafer.com or obviously you can write a review and let me know in the format of a review which is really critical to exposing this podcast to more people and that's why i ask with almost every episode but i really appreciate it if you had a minute and if you do let me know. All right, that's it. We'll end here. We're now halfway through Q4. I have a lot of objectives that I've yet to hit for various reasons. I'm going to try to finish the year strong. I hope that you do too. And that's all for this episode. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing out.
1: You've been listening to your digital marketing coach. Questions, comments, requests?